my heart. Hey, it's Spencer Crandall, and you're streaming the Melodies and Memories podcast with Jillian and Aaron Schreiber. Coffee in bed. Welcome to the Melodies and Memories podcast with Jillian and Aaron Schreiber, brought to you by Arlo Revolution. Each week, they connect melodies and memories with fans and singer-songwriters from all genres of life. When all else in life is gone, music will be left to lead the legacy of life's adventures. Please welcome your hosts of the Melodies and Memories podcast, Jillian and Aaron Schreiber. Hello and welcome everyone to our to season six of the Melodies and Memories podcast. I'm your co-host, Jillian Shriver. I'm your host, Aaron Shriver. Our mission tonight is to provide a platform for motivated singer-songwriters, passionate fans, or someone who's making a difference in and around the music community. We hope everyone listening leaves inspired with a positive outlook and begins connecting their own melodies to memories. Tonight, we're presented by our good friends at Arlo Revolution. Cinematic wedding films, music videos, promos. You can find them at arlorevolution.com. One tree planted. For every 1,000 downloads of the show, we plant a tree... With One Tree Planted, download the show on your favorite podcast app. Poddex. Poddex are the hottest tool to get your next great interview. Unique interview questions at the palm of your hand. We also have on-screen sponsors, Art on a Higher Wire by Joelle, original and custom artwork inspired by your life moments, treasured photos and memories, and Shed Services. At Shed Services, we offer a full range of maintenance services depending on your needs. Find them at ShedServices.com. Looking for ways to support and sponsor Melodies and Memories? Then head on over to our Patreon page. Tiers start at just $1. If Patreon is something that you can't do, the next best thing is to support the show. Like, share, review, and subscribe. Remember, you can join us live every Monday night at 7 p.m. Central on Facebook and YouTube, where you can interact with the show, ask questions, or join in on our live chat with your favorite guests. Remember to visit our website at MelodiesAndMemories.com for music news, concert reviews, and photos, playlists, and more. See, not to rush us off real quick. Yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, like I said, I'm very excited to talk with uh, with our guests tonight. We talked to them a few weeks back on uh, at the was it, Shuck and Oyster Fest or place we went to. That was Sh- pretty good. The was Shuck fun. and Shack. Yeah. He was out there with our friend Warren Garrett. So, but CJ Siller, uh, man, one of the greatest songwriters out there. And we welcome CJ in for episode 147. This Baton Rouge native is a two time number one songwriter, but it's his own music that makes him shine. He started young, and CJ's No Stranger Music is one and one of the best in the business, like I said. Tonight, we are honored to discuss the melodies and memories that make up his journey. We're going to go ahead and welcome CJ on. What's up, buddy? <laughs> What's going on, y'all? Thanks for having me, dude. We are so excited to have you, man. Like, I, I, once we talked a couple weeks back, I was like, I just want to have him on the whole show and just sit down and talk with this guy and get his, get his whole story in. So, thank you for spending a little bit of time with us tonight. Of course. Well, I'm glad to be on, <laughs> dude. So we like to kick it way back and start to show off every week the same way. And get to know your earliest music memory, kind of what was being played around the house while you're growing up. And we also like to know kind of like your first concert experience as well. Totally. Um, man, so my parents loved uh, like, I mean, Southern rock, classic rock kind yeah. of stuff, you know. Um, so, you know, uh, Creedence Clearwater Revival, Revival, um, the Eagles, that kind of stuff. That was what kind of what they were they were listening to a lot of. Um, which I kind of consider country music at this point. But um, (laughs) the first concert that they ever took me to, um, 
I don't even remember how exact. You know, I was maybe ten or eleven, and we went and saw the Doobie Brothers nice. um, at a casino uh, in Biloxi. And I grew up in Baton Rouge, but Biloxi was like probably two hours away. So we took a trip to Biloxi and went and saw the Doobie Brothers, and and that was that was a great first concert. Um, but yeah, uh, I mean, just uh, I, I started getting into into to more into country music. Um, seventh eighth grade uh whenever we actually took a trip to nashville and uh went to the opry and um i saw uh blake shelton dirk spentley and brad paisley uh all in the same night at <laughs> at the grand Ole opry when i was i don't even know how old you are but seventh and eighth grade probably like 12 and i remember Jeez. 12 13 and i and i remember thinking that's what i want to do so that's kind of yeah it's kind of what you some ever- of my earliest musical memories i mean when i was in, when i was in high school or uh, middle school to high, high school um we went and saw john fogarty we saw larry oh, yeah. skinner and um and then in high school started going to country concerts we had a big one in baton rouge um called the uh bayou country super fest which was yeah. a big festival in um tiger stadium and um, you know, Keith Urban, Jason so, Aldean. I mean, just saw, saw a ton of people there. Um, so yeah, so I mean, classic rock and country music are kind of the, 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 the two kind of pillars of, of, uh, nice. my musical marketing. So my earliest memories of, uh, Bayern Rouge was I used to go to the varsity in 2006, um, 2007 to see Eric Church back when he first started. We used to go to the varsity little theater there, man. That, that place was awesome. <laughs> and it is a cool spot. I've actually gotten to play there, but they, uh, I think they closed during COVID. So I hope they, I, I, I'm not sure what else they could do with that space. So hopefully it'll kind of open back up here. If it yeah. Hasn't already. But, um, yeah. Such a, it's, it's a really cool spot. It's right by LSU's campus. Um, yeah. Classic, classic spot. Nice. That's really cool. That you got to see Eric. I mean, I, I know you saw Eric a lot, but <laughs> that's everything. <laughs> Everything for, for me, it's is, cool that you got to see him there. Yeah, it was a really cool experience seeing him at such little sp- spaces, and because it was cool, I saw him there two or three times, and it was always cool because the first t- first time you see him, five ten people would be there, and then hundred or two hundred go, and just to see the growth and what happened. But so before you moved, or not before you moved, but before you took that trip uh, to Nashville to the Opry, were you into any music like playing at all before that, or writing music at all before that, or? Were you just kind of just interested? Yeah, so I started playing guitar when I was about seven. Okay. And my little brother started playing a little bit after me, and they, they both started playing drums a little bit after me, and then um, kind of realized that only one person can play drums at the same time, and <laughs> yeah. we were missing one opportunity. So uh, one of my brothers picked up bass as well, and uh, we kind of had us a little band, and you know we started just learning songs and playing music together. Um so, you know, seven to, I don't know. I mean, we played together th- through me being in high school, but, um, but yeah. So, I mean, I, I and we, 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 I started writing songs. They weren't particularly interested in writing songs. They don't really play anymore to be fair. So <laughs> I was the one that was very interested in, in music and, um, around that Opry time, that's kind of what opened my eyes to, to country yeah. music and, you know, I started looking at the CDs and seeing names that weren't the singer or I'd see the singer with other names. And I went, well, who are these other people? You mm-hmm. know, um, so it kind of opened my eyes. I started seeing certain writers on 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 CDs mm-hmm. and um, that, I, that I would recognize and, and go, man, I really like the songs that that person's writing. Jeff Steele, Bob DiPiro, um, you know, some of these kind of names. And um, that's that's kind of what 
really made me look into into what I'm like. What is, are people making? What you know? What are they? What are they doing? So I, I found out about NSAI and and started just researching Nashville and songwriting. And um, really, once I got into high school, that's when I started taking it a little bit more seriously. And I mean, I wasn't writing all the time, but because um, it seemed like a very daunting task, especially by <laughs> myself. Had, you know, and you were seeing these people were co-writing, and I just had. Yeah. And, you know, I, I could bounce ideas off my parents. Um, but, you know, it wasn't like um, I, I did start going to an NSAI chapter in New Orleans, my junior, senior year of high school in anticipation of moving to Nashville and uh, met some guys that were, you know, writing songs down there. And just um, I did my senior year go to the NSAI spring training up here. And I actually met one of my buddies, Andy Wills, and we actually got our first cut together uh, years later. Um we can talk about that in a little bit, but yeah. it was very cool to have uh, met my buddy Andy at, um, at re- it really became if, if one of my first, if not my first co-writers and um, it was really cool for us to get to uh, share our first cut together. But, um, but yeah, that's a, uh, that's awesome. Uh, now, before you started like really digging into songwriting, did you write at all? Did you write any poetry or keep a journal at all or anything like that? Or where would you actually, what would you do with these ideas? I, you know, I was really a lot that, you know, I, I was much more of a, of a music. So like a musician and a guitar player first, actually, whenever I was, start, was first starting and me and the little brothers were playing, I was like, I don't really want to sing. And one of my little brothers was kind of doing more of the singing. And one night we were going to just get up and sit in with the guy I was taking guitar lessons from Stan Campbell. And my little brother goes, I don't really want to sing tonight. And I was like, what do you mean you don't want to sing tonight? I, we can't, we can't play if you're not going to get up there and sing. And he was like, well, I'm not singing. I was like, well, you know what? From this moment on, I'm going to just learn how to freaking sing. So I don't have to depend on somebody else. So that was kind of what inspired me to pick up singing. And, and then, you know, a little bit later getting into the writing and I was like, well, maybe I'll, you know, write for other people. And then as I started enjoying playing, playing live more, I thought, well, maybe I want to write myself. And then, you know, as a high school person, I don't know, maybe I was just a cynic, but I was like, who, who wants to hear what a high school kid has to say? You know, I was like, yeah. so I was trying to come up with these ideas, but you know, I didn't really know what to write about or, you know, so I, I had some, some horrible songs that I had written in high school and, and really most of the songs I had in college weren't super great. I, I did meet um, a guy named Rick Garut, um, who's one of my best friends. And um, whenever I moved to Nashville and he really, we wrote together a lot and I, and I really learned how to write a lot from, from him and he had lived a life worth writing about <laughs> uh, but you know he was in his 40s and you know been mm-hmm. married and divorced like twice and you know gone through the ringer he had a lot of life so <laughs> I, I really it was, it was fun getting to, to write with somebody who had really got to live a lot a lot of life and 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 then as while i'm in college you know live some life and and and, and, and figure things out i think there was a an old Haggard quote or Merle or, or, uh, or uh, Waylon that was like, until somebody's 35, I don't really care what they have to say. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and I, was like, I, yeah, I, I just turned 30, so I'm still not even there yet. But, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, so I, you know, I was writing terrible songs and just trying to figure it all out. Um, and, and in college, unfortunately, I, I, I moved up here, went to Belmont and, mm-hmm. um, and just being in Nashville just helps my, my, my songwriting just like grow leaps and bounds. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I thought about just going to LSU and, 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 you know, keeping up with the music, but you, there's just something about being around so many other creators mm-hmm. and yeah. creating together that just kind of really, 
helps the songs get better. I don't, I don't know how to explain it. What was your major at Belmont? So I was actually a songwriting major nice. uh, with a minor in music business. Okay. Um, the uh, the songwriting program was pretty new um, around the time that I started in 2010. And uh, I remember when I was interviewing, they were like, oh, well, you're, you're, you're putting down that you're a music business. You want to, uh, there's me talking uh, <laughs> to the class. But, uh, um, so I was talking, uh, so I was talking to this, uh, advisor and she goes, well, I'm reading your, you know, letter asking that, you know, to, to be let in or whatever. And it sounds like you want to be a songwriter. And I was like, yeah, I mean, songwriting is really kind of my, my, you know, my, my biggest mm-hmm. love at this point. You know, I, I, I'm a, I'm a guitar player, but once I, once I started writing songs, that's kind of, that's where my heart is. She goes, well, you know, we got the songwriting, uh, program. And, uh, she goes, I guarantee you'd get it. <laughs> and I was like. Okay. Well, she goes, if you apply under songwriting instead of music business, you're going to, you'll, you'll get in. And I was like, okay. Well, and she, I was like, what's the difference? And she's like, basically you just don't take accounting and mac- micro and macroeconomics. And you just replace those harder classes with s- songwriting classes. <laughs> you, don't get a, you don't get a business degree. You get like yeah. a bachelor's degree. And I was yeah. like, I don't care what degree I'm getting. I just want to be in Nashville anyway. So I was like, sign me up. So, um, yeah, but I, but I minored in music business. So I still got to take a lot of the classes and the songwriting degree is kind of more in the music business program anyway. So, um, I really got to kind of double up and, and, and do a lot of the, the music business stuff, um, just without accounting. So I kind of liked it. Yeah. Cool. That's awesome. awesome. That's cool. So then, and then you got an internship with Seagale and speak of Brad Paisley. I mean, that, that's hit. Well, that was his, his place, wasn't it? Yeah. So, um, so that's kind of yeah, a little full I'm, circle I'm in sure a way. They, they sold it in 2020. I'm okay. not sure if he's still really affiliated or not, Man. but, um, but yeah, I mean, that was a really crazy moment. Um, get, yeah. Um, so what's, what's, what's really crazy is my last semester at Belmont, I had taken all of the music business classes that I could take that you didn't need some form of prerequisite that I didn't take. So, so I had to intern to get my last three hours of music business credit. And I had interned once at a small label before that. Um, but I knew I wanted to intern at a publishing company, but they're so it's a, it's, I don't know. It's just like, I had met with a couple of publishers before, but it was, um, I don't know, reaching out to them about internships. I don't know. But I had a neighbor who lived about two doors down from me who we had like met in passing and he told me he was a publisher and that he worked for Universal. So I, I, I just texted him and I was like, man, I hate to ask. I know we basically only talk about neighbor stuff, but I really need a, uh, an internship. I'd love to intern at a publisher. I know you said you were a publisher. If you know anybody looking, I, I would greatly appreciate it. He goes, man, I just left Universal for a company called Seagale. Um, I could hook you up with either. And I had read Brad Paisley's book and I knew that Brad was involved and it was a big, a big fan. And I said, dude, I would love, especially to be where he's at. Cause I knew he's a cool guy. And I was like, man, I would love to go where you're at, especially Brad Paisley's spot. Seagale. So he, he hooked it up, uh, for me to intern two or three days a week. And, um, yeah, that, that was, that kind of, that really changed, that changed my life. Um, so I got in over there to be an intern and uh, my second week of, of interning uh, the VP of creative over there, a guy named Mike Owens uh, goes, Hey man, you know, just to be nice. We always listen to the interns music. If you, uh, 
you got a CD or, or something and want to come play me a couple of tunes, I'd be happy to listen to a tune or two. And I was like, Damn, yeah, right. man, I, I could print up a CD. Right. So I had just the December before, you know, this was like January. That December, I had my first demo session and demoed five of the tunes that I thought were the best tunes that I had written in 2013. So took the five best tunes from 2013 and demoed them at the end of the year. And then I had like two other kind of better work tapes. So I had seven songs on this CD. And I brought them in, and I, I, I played them for uh, – so Mike puts on the CD, and he goes, yeah, I got time to listen to like one, maybe two songs. So he puts it on, and he goes, not bad. And he's like – he ends up listening to all seven of the songs, and he goes, bro, I'm not going to lie. I thought these were going to suck. These are way <laughs> better than I thought they were going to be. And he was like, you mind if I show these tunes to some of the other cats around here? And I was like, yeah, for sure, of course. So I think this was a Tuesday. On Thursday, some of the other writers started popping up. And being like, man, is it you? Mike just played me some songs. And I was like, yeah, dude, that's me. And they're like, I think we're going to get some rights on the books. And I was like, whoa, you know, I had <laughs> one writer ever. You know, I had two or three walk up and say, hey, man, we'd love to write. Just heard some songs. And then Friday, uh, Chris Dubois, who co-owned it with Brad, walked up and he goes, hey, dude, Mike just showed me your stuff. Really good. Like, excited to get a write with you. And I was like, no way. I was like, this is crazy. <laughs> and um, I think I was interning Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. So that next Monday, I'm like that over the weekend, I was like, man, I'm excited. I don't know what's going to happen. And Monday night, um, Mike called me and goes, hey, man, can you come in a little early tomorrow? We'd like to talk to you. And I was like, OK, well, hopefully I'm not in trouble or I don't know. I was like, I don't know if I cross some lines or, I, you know, you just never know. So I'm like, hopefully this is going to be good. And I came <laughs> in on Tuesday morning. They're like, hey, man, do you want a publishing deal? And I was like. Yes. <laughs> so um, mid-February, I, I, I signed my deal uh, with Seagale in, in 2014 and um, um, just had a, a, an amazing time getting that, that pictures from a Brad Paisley um, disco charity night that nice. him together. And um, I played uh, Long Train Running by the Doobie Brothers. That was my disco song. Oh, um, man. Was, that was a fun night. Um, but, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, got to be, be um, you know, involved uh, over at Seagale and right with that. When I first got in there, it was just an unbelievable amount of talent over there. Clint Daniels, who wrote Broken Heartsville. Yeah. Um, and a ton. Of, and he, he wrote uh, um, some – some of it, uh, yeah, he's over church. on that. Yeah. Yep. He, he, he's, he's had a bunch of, um, him, Lynn Hutton's still over there. Unbelievable writer. He was on, um, he's on Eric's, uh, um, Jack Daniels. And I think one other, one other pretty big, uh, Eric tune. And, um, my, but I, I became best buddies with a guy named Brandon Anderson over there. Who's freakishly talented. You should have him on the podcast. He's, uh, he started, he's, he had a record deal like 10 years ago on Sony and then kind of quit to be a writer has had a few hits and now he's, he's putting music out again. So, um, his nice. stuff's, his stuff's really great, but, um, yeah, so it was just, just a crazy amount of talent over there. Um, and, um, it, it really helped me a lot. I mean, I had my couple buddies, uh, you know, Rick Garut and Andy Wills and a couple other friends that, um, you know, that I was writing with, but it, it really okay. opened the door to, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of, um, amazing published writers and, and not to, you know, to be snobby about people who don't or do have publishing deals. Cause <laughs> I have a ton of friends that don't have publishing deals that I love writing with now. Um, but it is just a, it, it was just really cool to kind of have some doors, you know, they, they really helped open doors for me and, 
and get yeah, me in rooms yeah. and, and hook me up with some of my heroes. I think that's one of the questions that's coming up later, but um, <laughs> yeah, it was just, uh, it, it was really cool. And, and, and those were some of like the, the coolest years and, and, and wrote, you know, met some of my best friends and, 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 and wrote hits with um, some of those people. And, and it was really cool getting to kind of create my own little crew and, and, or be a part of a crew that was getting created and um, end up having some hits together. And uh, yeah, pretty, pretty crazy. So I love that. That's amazing. I I love the story. Just like how hey, talking to your neighbor one day, (laughs) the next thing you know, there you are. If it's meant to be, it's meant to be. And that just shows how amazing. The stars line up and doors open. I I love an amazing story, dude. So while we were flipping through some photos, there's a little bit some time or that I was showing where you were playing on the Grand Ole Opry stage. And we talked a little bit about full circle moment. And I'm sure that to you was probably full circle walking on that stage. Was it everything you expected it to be that night that you got to play the Opry? Was it? Tell me a little bit about the, your Opry debut, man. Man, it's just a magical stage, magical room. Um, they make you feel just like on top of the world. I mean, they had, you know, that when it's your first time, they have a, um, I actually have it right there. It's a, it's like a metal sign with your name printed on it. Um, whenever you're, whenever you're doing your first time, they give you like the closest parking spot to the building and you know, they're just, they're just so kind and, and, you know, and make sure you're comfortable the whole time and, uh, and, you know, stepping in that circle, always a full room. Um, which is just so wild. And, um, yeah, I mean, that was the, that was, that was the thing that made me want to play country music. So it was always at the top of my bucket list. Um, whenever I, uh, moved to Nashville, I was like, man, if I could play the Opry, I'm going to feel like I really made it. So, um, it was really cool to get to, uh, I did it. it. It was a little bit, I think before my birthday, um, in September, of uh 2019 was the first time nice. i got to do it so that was yeah that was that was a really magical moment for me and uh, my drummer who we met the first week at belmont um and had been playing together the whole time since t- 2010 got to have him play with me nick and um i had a guitar player stevie campos who's still playing with me and he had been playing with me for a year or two at that point and um so it was really cool to get to have those guys come and play with me and um really yeah i mean they they just make you feel really good and all the opry band is like legendary <laughs> session you know so it was funny nick was like i can't believe i'm getting up to play when eddie bears is in the house band but i was like well you know they let you you know have a couple of your guys come play with you so it, it was it was a really special night for all of us and um my coming my way ep was about to come out at the top of 2020 um as we know what happened then but Um, so I played, played, um, a song called water down whiskey, which I thought was like one of my most country songs I'd ever done. And then the title track coming my way. Um, so I played two brand new songs that night. Um, but yeah, it was, it was, it was really cool. I mean, definitely a full circle moment and in the circle. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) Was it hard picking the two songs that you chose that night or was it kind of like, all right, I gotta go with this one because this is a title track or anything like that was like, I that's, don't kind of, that's what my process ended up being. But I was like, do I play some of my older songs? Yeah. Do I play one I've written for somebody else? Up Down had had, had been a hit at that point. Mm-hmm. 
and I was like, that might be weird. I feel like I should play my own song. So, <laughs> um, yeah. And I was like, well, you know, most of the people there are going to have never heard of me. So I might as well play some new stuff. Um, just though, since, since I was kind of promoting my, my, my EP that was going to be coming yeah. out. And I think, I don't know if Water Down Whiskey come out yet, but Coming My Way was already out. So that, that song was available for people to find. And then Water Down Whiskey was going to be coming out very shortly after that. And I just knew that like, I wanted to play something really country. Being that I'm playing at the Opry, I felt like <laughs> some of my stuff rocks a little more, you know? So I was like, man, this Water Down Whiskey song is just feels like classic Nashville country ballad. Six yeah. I just, I, I really wanted to play it. Um, so that's kind of how I decided, but yeah, it was hard. I mean, I, that was my, that was my third EP and I, 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 uh, I, all of the EPs that I put out while I was at CEL, the three, you know, full three EPs. And then I had a live EP that's on Spotify only for some reason, but, um, <laughs> but, but, you know, super proud of all, all of that music. And, and, and it's really cool whenever like I played, um, a random bar in Lincoln, Nebraska, um, weekend before Thanksgiving, and you know there was a guy who was requesting like totally obscure, like the 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 the, the most obscure songs from my first EP, and it's just really <laughs> cool. And someone was like, "Man, I saw you open for Hank Jr. like six years ago up yeah. here, and I've been following you ever since." Um, so it's just That's you cool. know really cool that uh, really cool that that I, that those EPs are out there and that you know, there are people who, you know, identify with and, and, and like those songs and, and, and still stream them and, and, and enjoy it as I'm continuing to make new music for myself and for other people. And, um, you know, it's, it's cool to, to, you know, be proud of the, the music that I put out like seven years ago now, because it's crazy that I started putting out tunes when I was like 23, 24, I think. So, um, yeah, probably 23 when I, when I started, but now, that that tall boy ep and with hard one to turn down yeah so yeah it's pretty wild awesome. <laughs> so now you talked about a couple of your guys that you got to play the grand Ole opry with um there was a quote once that i was reading while i was researching this and it said i, I want to ride around in a van tour the country play songs with my buds and i, I want to know kind of how you met your band i know you, you mentioned you met one of the guys at belmont but is it more of like a brotherhood to you? And just tell me a little bit about these guys that you take out on the road yeah, with you. Man, I got such a great group of guys. Uh, my drummer, Nick, and I, I mean, he's like my right-hand man. Um, we met first week at, at Belmont and started playing together almost immediately. And we're like, let's put together a band. So we put together a band while we were there. And most of the other, all of the other spaces in the band have come and gone and, you know, other you know, great guys that have come in and out. But, um, but yeah, Nick's, Nick's always been there, um, playing with me. I, I might've had to have a sub once or twice when he had something pop up, but, um, but, it's, but he's been there. And then, um, man, uh, probably 2017 or 2018, um, I went to buy a hat for my, um, American girls music video. And there was this guy selling me the hat who just seemed super freaking cool. And we had actually been doing an electric three piece. So it was just me, bass and drums, me on electric guitar, obviously. And then, and then bass and drums doing this three piece for years. And I'm talking to this guy and I'm like, man, I don't know. You seem really cool. Like you play anything. And he's like, dude, I'm a guitar player. And I was like, really? And uh, <laughs> I was starting to think about adding a guitar player. And he was like, I was like, do you got a gig? And he's like, oh, I mean, I play with a couple people here and there, but nothing like super serious. And I was like, 
well, dude, check out my music and like maybe if you want to start playing with us, I'll you know we're we're thinking about having a guitar player. So he checked out the tunes and he's like, bro, I'd love to come play with you guys. So he came over and just nailed all the parts. And I was like, yeah, dude, you're 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 amazing. So he's he's as soon as soon as Stevie started playing with us, he's, yeah, he's been. And then it was kind of funny. We had a guy leave at the end of 2019. And I actually, it's funny. I had, um, I have a sprinter van and a trailer that we travel in and we were playing in West Virginia (laughs) and I, uh, we were driving up the interstate. Actually, we just shot the music video to come in my way at a gas station in West Virginia. (laughs) And we're driving up to play a festival in Morgantown and it's raining like crazy and this girl is driving next to us and I'm like, man, she's hauling butt for as hard as it's raining. Right as she gets a little bit in front of us, she just starts fishtailing and I'm like, oh, oh crap. So I start pulling over kind of onto the shoulder, just hoping that she doesn't slam into the van. And as I'm pulling over slowly, it's raining like crazy. She starts completely going sideways and I'm like, please don't hit us. Please don't hit us. I think she missed us and slammed into my trailer. Oh. So you know, my trailer got my, fortunately she barely touched the van at all, put a slight dent in the back of the bumper, but wrecked my trailer. So we ended up having to drive the rest of the way up to the gig, finishing the weekend. Fortunately, the wheels still worked and everything. It was just had a huge hole in the front from where she slammed into it. Um, and obviously we, you know, stopped and made sure she was okay and everything's fine. And, um, but so as I'm getting a new trailer, I'm standing in line and a guy that I had met years before, who was kind of a blues artist um, named Jacob Stiefel was uh, he was standing in line in front of me in the DMV. I'm like, Jacob. And he's like, CJ, what's going on, dude. And uh, I, was, I was like, what are you doing? He's like, I just got a new truck. I'm like, well, I got a new trailer. Cause my thing got totaled. And he's like, you still touring? I'm like, yeah. And he was like, uh, I was like, what are you up to? And he's like, well, I'm actually starting to play some bass for some friends. And I was like, really? Well, we're looking for a new bass player. And he's like, well, send me the stuff, send me some dates. Like I, I, you know, I could probably maybe start filling in in 2020. So he started playing with us at the top of 2020 and has been with us ever since. And, um, just an unbelievable musician, guitar player, singer, bass player, harmonica player, um, super talented guy. There ain't so. nothing he can't do. <laughs> we love, yeah, we, we love Jacob. We, we know Jacob real well. We love Jacob. He <laughs> has, oh yeah, y'all know Jacob. Yes, he has he slept on our couch. I've cooked him breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So back yeah, when Jacob, for y'all high. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> back uh, when yes, Jacob was know. torn. So that's how we. Were, so no. I, I was on his podcast. Yeah. Back in the day, he was. Yeah. You know what's what's crazy? He was actually my Uber driver <laughs> to a show. <laughs> When I was opening for the Lax at at Exit In oh, wow. uh, here in Nashville, and we had come back to my house after sound check because I think we had forgot something, and he Ubered us back over there. And as he was Ubering us over there, he was like, "Man, your name sounds familiar." And he goes, "You don't have any connections to Jared Neiman, do you?" And I was like, "Well, Jared just cut a song of mine called Blue Bandana." He goes. My cousin Chance is selling merch for Jared Neiman, and he <laughs> told me about that song and that he loves it. And I was like, "Dude, what a freaking small world!" And he goes, "Well, hold on, let, let me get your number." So we stayed in contact, and he had me on his podcast, and yeah. And then we kind of lost touch over a couple of years, but 
just crazy that um, ran into each other at the DMV yeah. out of all places. And- so that, that, this is my full circle moment because that's how I kind of discovered you. When I first heard about you was on his podcast. Yeah, okay. <laughs> that's so, crazy. Yeah, I was wow. listening, and that's been a long time. I don't even know if he still has it up anymore. Yeah, I don't. I don't think he does. does I don't know, he? but I remember listening to the episode with yeah. you. I'm like, man, I gotta check this guy out, and I started listening to your music after that podcast. <laughs> So and here, here we are years later getting to talk about it. But yeah, Jacob's a really cool guy. When he used to tour, we used to put him up here at the house and everything else. Cause, you know, it's, sometimes it's just better staying at a house than a hotel room and having actually For a home cooked sure. meal sometimes. So. Oh, that's very nice. Well, that's super cool that y'all did that. And yeah, so I, I got a great group of guys. I think we're about to, 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 to give them a little band name. We might, I think we might be uh, doing a little bit. Uh, I haven't told anybody this, but we might be doing a little bit of a, uh, rebrand type situation nice. with CJ and the somethings in the new year. We don't have a, an official name, but um, <laughs> that's just such a great group of guys. Now, you know, I kind of want to incorporate them and do this stuff a little bit. So I can um, tell over the last couple of years. Cool. And that's why I wanted to bring that up and bring that up. Cause it seems like you're, you're forming a brotherhood with these guys. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm just re- really lucky to have these guys and, and, and they're so talented that I, that I kind of want to incorporate them into the, uh, into this, into the, the situation a little bit so yeah it's 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 cool I'm, I'm excited about it i got got a new project um that's that's in the works right now that that's really fun and rocking and nice um, i think it's gonna be cool to have them then be a part of that and um yeah it's gonna be cool so what else is what else does 2023 look like for you man you know, i mean working on a new project yeah. i mean are you looking yeah, at so a date i got, for I got it, a new or? dp that's I got a new, well, I got a new batch of tunes that's pretty close to being done. I don't know if I'm going to turn it into a a full record quite just yet, but um, it's about six or so right now. And man, I think we're going to have some cool features on some of these songs besides the band guys. And um, I I think it's going to be some of the most fun music I've ever done. And I've been, I've been really fun. I got a, I got a new, um, so Nick and I produced my last record um, together. Um, my first two EPs, I did Brent Anderson help produce, who's freakishly talented. And um, but on the um, and I think and, and Brent might have done the third one too. But um, but on this last record, Nick and I just you know during 2020 and 2021 uh, put together a killer session band and and, and cut the cut cut my my last the record that i put out in august called the futures neon and you know it was just a lot of songs that i had written during 2020 and a few that i've written before that that i that i just knew i wanted to put out and that was the first you know first one that my my deal with cdl was coming to an end um so i so i self-funded this record and just just knew i had a lot of songs that i that i wanted people to hear and um, I had done three EPs up to that point. So I kind of wanted to do something a little bit longer Yeah, uh, I record. It's nine songs, but, um, but yeah, so that was kind of my, 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 my full length. And I, I, I think people, I think, it, I think people liked it. Oh, it's um, amazing. dude. <laughs> thanks. Uh, you know, I, I think it was a little bit, it was fun. Cause like some stuff rocked as hard as my old stuff. And then I had some stuff lean into uh, doing more than five or six songs kind of, opened me up to um, cutting some things that I probably wouldn't have done if I was doing yeah. another five song project. And, you know, I got, and I, and I, and I, and I, as I was writing those songs during 2020, I, I felt like I was just leaning into a lot of different influences and, you know, had a song that felt, you know, more like Eagles Desperado vibes. And, um, but the opening track called little less mercy 
Uh, you know, it was like ZZ Top, Foo Fighters. I don't know. There's all kind of, I felt like I just had let a lot of my influences kind of shine on that record, which was really fun and something I hadn't quite really done yet. Um, my, my, my first three EPs, I feel like had a lot of different kind of stuff on there, but all kind of that Southern rock influenced um, kind of stuff. So it was just cool to kind of step into a different space. And I think that's kind of what I'm doing with this new stuff too. But, um, but just a little more dialed as far as like, uh, I don't know, but I've got, I've got a new friend who I've been writing a lot of these songs with um, named Caleb lovely, who's super talented and um, him and Nick are co-producing this new stuff. So yeah, I'm, I'm majorly stoked. We've got some cool, (laughs) cool dates, uh, starting to get booked for next year. We just got announced. We're going to be on the, um, man, I don't even know what it's called, but they're like something beach music festival in Prince Edward Island, Canada. That's going to be next summer and oh, nice. got a lot of cool dates popping up for, for next year. So really stoked to, you know, to get the, get the band on the road. I just yeah. bought a Marshall stack for anticipating <laughs> playing big shows. So I'm, uh, very much ready and excited for these shows <laughs> and for this new music, which is crazy. But, you know, I, I started that, that, that Futures Neon at the end of 2020 and it didn't come out until August of 2022. So it's yeah. kind of this funny thing where you, you make this music and then, and then you sit on it. And I was trying to figure out how to put it out and talking to different labels. And, you know, I ended up having Empire help put it out. But, um, but you know, so it's just, you know, and, and, and even even though, I don't know, you know, 2021 was still a very weird COVID year. So I was hoping to put stuff out that year. And then, you know, people didn't want to meet in person. It was very hard trying to have label meetings and other kind of meetings via Zoom. And Zoom, uh, Zoom that. (laughs) Yeah. So at the top of 2020 was 2022 was whenever I started kind of doing. um, And then they were like, well, don't put the whole record out, you know, put a single out every six weeks. So most of 2022 up until August, I put out a song every six weeks. Um, I think I had four come out before the whole record came out. So, um, it, it was fun and, and, and I'm, and I'm really proud of that record, but, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm really stoked for, um, 2023. Yeah, man, it's gonna be a good year. I feel it's gonna be a good year for you. Yeah. This episode is powered by Poddex. Poddex are unique interview questions and episode starting prompts in the palm of your hand. So whether you're a new podcaster or an existing broadcaster looking to take your interviews and podcast episodes to the next level, you're going to want to check out Poddex. Visit poddex.com to get your Poddex today. So we're going to move on to our Powered by Poddex, our sponsored section of the night. Uh, We drew, drew a couple cards earlier, and our first one was are there any shows you play that stand out as the most memorable to you? So is it something maybe back in Baton Rouge or something that is there's a, a show that you're just never going to forget? Man, um, the first time that we got to ever open for Leonard Skinner in the Carolinas, I think it was Raleigh. Um, we got to do a handful of dates with them. Um, anytime we've gotten to play with them, that's really other than the Opry, one of my bucket list, nice. you know, performing shows and um, getting a, getting a, it was, we got to, it was us. And then over the course of the couple weekends, we got to do 38 special cheap trick. Um, and Hank Jr. were on some of these dates. So it was just so cool. And I've gotten to open a, a good bit of shows for 38 special and Hank Jr. before. Um, outside of those Skinner dates and I actually just opened for 38 special about a month ago. And um, they're so freaking awesome and oh, yeah. just such, such cool guys. And 
um, you know, just heroes, heroes of mine. So, I mean, those, anytime I get to open for some of those, you know, classic rock, classic country heroes of mine, I just, you know, I'm, I'm pinching myself the whole time. So that was, that was really cool. Um, the first, the first big festival back after COVID, um, in 2021 was, um, it was like March or May of 2021 was, um, the Rock the South Festival in Panama yeah, City Beach, yeah. and uh, Skinner headlined, and we were earlier in the day. But that was that was a really amazing thing because it was Skinner's show, first show back after COVID too, and um, they they sounded better than I thought I had ever. Then I they sounded better that night than I thought they were sounding a couple years earlier than that. Yeah. And, um, it was just a really it was just a really magical show. Uh, but I don't know. I mean, um, the Texas club, which is my hometown, the main club in Baton Rouge that I play, um, every time I play there, always really fun getting a, 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 a great hometown crowd. I, oh, I opened like 20 shows there the whole time I was in college and a little bit out of college and then started headlining there a few years ago. And, um, it's just a really cool spot. And, you know, now I can cut, you know, twice a year, maybe, go down there and, and do a little headlining show and have a good crowd. And it's, it's always, you know, really cool just with being hometown and everything. So yeah. Yeah. That's, cool. that's what I fear those hometown shows. The funny, th- funny story is the first time I ever saw a church, he opened for Skinner. So <laughs> that's really cool. I used to be a huge Skinner fan. I mean, I, oh, I still am, but we used to go to shows. Yeah. I know we have stories. We have several stories that have she, to do with She Skinner. married me after a Leonard Skinner concert. I'm surprised she did. Two, two <laughs> Leonard two Skinner concerts we struggled with. But. Oh, man. Me, me and drinking used to have some fun at Leonard Skinner shows. <laughs> so I have a love-hate relationship with Skinner. <laughs> but that was actually the weekend we met they played, too. Mm-hmm. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah, we met at a music festival, and that, they played that weekend. So it was a big... Awesome. It's always been a big thing with them, so I love that. Then yeah. our, our second car we pulled is, do you have a musical influence that would come as a surprise to most of your fans? So maybe somebody outside the Southern rock genre or something that would surprise some of your fans? Oh, man, I have so many. I did just post, you know how everyone was doing that, like, what festival would be? <laughs> oh, like, yeah, those, yeah. Are, awesome. those are awesome. And, I, and I, it's funny, I did, I, cl- I did the one that was like your all-time biggest listeners, and uh, it, I was like, this is the most, ex- it's like, I mean, there's not, I don't know. It's like just a lot of random rock and country and like Lee and Womack was on there. Allison Krause was on there. Um, those are, those are two of my, two of my favorites, but nice. um, you know, uh, Ozzy Osbourne's on there. Uh, yeah. Robert Palmer's on there. I don't know. There's just, I am um, Cheryl Crow. I think uh, I, I listen to Cheryl Crow a lot. That's one that I always, people are like, I, I don't think it, people think Cheryl Crow. <laughs> Cheryl Crow's always super cool, but I feel like people like that don't really pay attention to music don't yeah. really know how cool Cheryl Crow is. Yeah. So that's always one that I say is like kind of like a like a guilty pleasure. Is like I just love listening to Cheryl Crow. Those records are great, but um, I don't know, just like a lot of nineties, not a lot of nineties rock, Foo Fighters, um, you know, Chris Cornell, audio, a lot of that kind of stuff. Allison Chains, um, but yeah, so I don't, I don't know, I, a lot of, a lot of interesting things. Uh, my buddy Ian Munzik was on here. That's um, nice. I, I don't know. Just a lot of random stuff. Um, I don't know if I had to pick one that I think is like kind of funny. I guess maybe Cheryl Crow, but um, <laughs> that works out. 
I love that you mentioned Ian because you're part of one of my favorite songs of his solo. I love that song. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. We just, me, me and Ian went to uh, Belmont together. We knew each other while we okay. were there. I think it might have been a year behind me. We were there in the same class a year behind me. So I got to play in the um, Country Music Showcase my senior year. Mm-hmm. And um, one of my buddies, Carlton Anderson, was also in that senior showcase. And Ian played in Carlton's band that year. Um, and then I th- Ian played, I think, bass with uh, Blackjack Billy for a little while, if you remember that. Yeah. Um, but he started really doing his own thing, pretty heavy. And um, we reconnected after after Belmont and started writing um, a pretty good... We, we wrote a handful of tunes and, and just really hit it off. And we wrote solo, just the two of us, and, and a couple other songs that are, I think are really cool that he hasn't put out. But hopefully, hopefully they'll see the light of day one day, but... Um, yeah, I'm just a huge fan of what Ian does. I, he's crazy talented. Like we would write the song and he would build a demo where he played every instrument, you know, after yeah. just, just one of those guys that's, that's super talented and super unique. And I just thought, man, this guy's just got an awesome, awesome vibe. And, and I'm, I'm so excited for all the great stuff going on with him. Um, and, and I, I enjoy listening to his music, which is cool. Oh, dude, he's awesome. He's came through Chicago not too long ago and, literally just blew the roof off the place this was phenomenal one of the best shows i've seen for a while that's awesome so our next segment we're gonna have a little fun with this one we're gonna play about five seconds of a song uh the first memory you have with this song we'll talk about it for a quick second um i did a little digging so these are some i you mentioned that you like your 90s rock so the first couple ones are gonna be some 90s for you go ahead and pick either one of them Can you hear it? Oh, yes. Uh, Soundgarden. Black yeah, Black Hole Sun. Soundgarden. Um, when you hear that song, man, man you know, where's it taking my, you? Uh, so I have a sister who is um, 10 years older than me. And I have an uncle who unfortunately passed away who is about 12, 11, 12 years older than me. And um, the the two of them were the the ones that were very much into the night into the nineties rock. So all of that, Alice in Chains, Soundgarden, um, just kind of reminds me of hanging out with my sister and my uncle, and um, just kind of them showing me that stuff. Um, I don't know what else you have on there, and, and I don't want to ruin any other any other stories. But, um, <laughs> but I don't know if I have an exact story for Chris Cornell and Soundgarden. I did see Chris Cornell a couple times before he died, which was um, at the Ryman um, here in Nashville, which was really cool. I was planning on going to see him with Soundgarden and um, I think like a rock fest in, in, in Cincinnati. Um, like with the, that was a show that was booked before he died. So super bummed about uh, obviously of him passing, but yeah, one of my, one of my favorite voices ever. I got to see him in the late nineties. I, I just turned forty this year, so I, I got you by about ten years. And so I got—I was fortunate to see him in the late nineties at a music fest, and just blew me away with seeing Soundgarden, dude. Yeah, they're unbelievable. All right, go ahead and hit the green one. <laughs> so Stone Temple Pilots, Interstate Love Song, man. When you hear even any Stone Temple Pilots song, man, when you hear that Scott Weiland voice, where does it take you? Okay, so Scott Weiland is my all-time favorite nice. of the. I, I know he's not really thrown in with the like big four grunge bands, but I kind of yeah. consider it a big five, and I put them in there. I, know, I guess because they weren't from Seattle, but 
Um, Scott's re- I, I saw I've seen I saw Stone Temple Pilots three or four times, and I saw Scott a few months before he passed away. I saw him at the Cannery Ballroom here in Nashville, mm-hmm. and um, when I was fifteen, my sister and her husband, or they hadn't gotten married yet, um, I went to a Musicians Institute camp in L.A. It was a guitar camp for just, I was like, I, I was still like, I was trying to learn about LA. Cause I was just like, I just want to make sure, you know, I was like, I had pretty much settled on Nashville, but I was like, I just want to see what LA has to offer and see, just, just go. So I went to a, a week long guitar camp at, at a musician's Institute. And I was walking down the street one day and there was a scalper and I didn't even realize I was walking by the Hollywood bowl and he goes hundred dollars for Stone Temple pilots tickets. And I was with my soon-to-be brother-in-law or whatever. And um, I was like, I have like $200 in, to my name. And he was <laughs> like, I don't really have money to spend on a ticket right now. And he, I, But I was like, I will buy tickets for the two of us to go to Stone Temple Pilots. So I uh, paid $100 and um, we sat. I mean, we were like in the first section, like right up Ooh. near him. There was like a catwalk that walked right up to us. And I remember watching him perform and just being so blown away crazy. about the way this, the way Scott commanded a stage mm-hmm. was crazy. And it, it just blew my mind. And it, I think it was, it was their first tour back. It might've been the first show back after they had broken up. This would have been, you know, 2008, maybe 2000, 2008 or nine. And I just remember just like, just being absolutely, I was already a huge fan of their music, but just seeing him live and the way he commanded a stage just just blew me away. I was like, man, I gotta, I gotta get some of whatever this guy's taking. <laughs> I probably should because of that. But I was like, I gotta, I, gotta, I gotta learn this guy's moves. This guy, and, and his voice just has such a like, I don't know. It's just, I still listen. He's so unique. And, Yes, uh, Stone Temple Pilots and and that first Velvet Revolver record yep. that yep. we did with Slash and Duff and, and those guys. One of our first dates was a Velvet Revolver concert. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I wish I could have seen Velvet Revolver back back in the day, but that was that was that that first record is is just unbelievable. And yeah, I mean Interstate Love Songs is classic. I Hell yeah. still play it all the time. So now we'll throw it back to your roots for these other two. So go ahead and do the yellow one. So CCR, man, when you hear some Fogarty playing, where are you going? Uh, where, where, where's that taking you? So John Fogarty, CCR were my first all-time favorite band when I was a little kid. I think it might have been Waterboy, the movie I heard Born on the Bayou, and my parents listened to CCR, and I and I and I just remember, um, I, I, I can't. Bad Moon Rising was the first song I ever learned on guitar, nice. um, and. I think because I, I I took the CD to my my the guy I was taking lesson from and I said I want to learn this whole CD and he was like well, let's start with Bad Moon Rising because I think that's going to be the easiest one so we started with Bad Moon Rising took it from there and um, just something about John Fogerty's voice and and I think what I, I really loved and and connected to is that the lyrics kind of talked about Southern living and and the dude was from California didn't had like never been to the South when he wrote all those songs. <laughs> But there was just something about the way he sang, and the and the gravel and the and the the pain in his voice that, at least when I was 
before I saw those guys at the Opry that night, anytime I had been exposed to country music before that, it had just always seemed a little more clean and, and clean cut yeah. and, and not as rough around the edges. Obviously, you know, when, when Gary, when I got exposed to like Gary Allen and obviously Eric church and some mm-hmm. of those people started breaking and Montgomery Gentry, I was like, Oh, this, you know, this stuff's got some grit to it. But I just remember hearing like, I don't know, just as a little kid, like the Dixie chicks and Garth Brooks and just being like, eh, I prefer credence and Skinner and ACDC or whatever. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I mean, John Fogarty and my second concert, I think we ever went to was, uh, John Fogarty at, um, I think that same casino and yeah, I mean, just sounds amazing. And, um, some of the, some of the greatest songs ever. I mean, we, we still cover, um, a handful of them, uh, in some of our longer gigs. Hell yeah, man. Yeah, that's that's how I was with CCR. My dad grew me up on it, and I used to play baseball when I was a kid, so he'd always play me center field, and I I dug a little deeper, and that's how I, I learned. Oh, Fogarty had a band before he was doing solo stuff. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm like this is all right. All right, so this next one, this is gonna be a good one. Go ahead and hit the green one. And this bird you <laughs> had to put Freebird in here, so when. You, when you hear that song, man, where, what's your earliest memory of Freebird? Man, I remember just riding around with my uncle Steve at my grandma's house. Um, she lived, they had a horse farm and trained cutting horses, and um, we would ride around all night. I used to go stay out there in the summers, and we and, and I just remember hanging out with my grandma and my parents and my uncle Steve out at that, and and I think they had a, a Skinner cassette tape, and we would ride around in this old, old beat up truck and just listen to that Skinner tape on repeat. And that's just kind of where Skinner just got ingrained into my head. And I just remember, you know, you know, we're out on this horse farm and just like, you know, all of my relatives other than my parents just smoking cigarettes and just like drinking and just being like, this is the greatest music of all time. You know, that was, that was just, yeah. And, 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 I, and I believed it because it was just, I don't know. And, and, and it was kind of that same thing where they were singing about Southern living. And, and, and that's kind of what, and, and I kind of tell, you know, as I got, as country music kind of kept evolving and I really got into it, I just kept going in. I wish, I wish I could kind of combine the way Southern rock made me feel and that vibe with the newer country. And that's kind of, that's kind of been, um, you know, Skinner and CCR is doing um, that just made me love that stuff so much. And I'm like, obviously there's Blackberry Smoke and there's some other bands that are really amazing and Whiskey Myers, even that kind of pull from those, those vibes. And, 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 and I really lean into those kinds of things just because I grew up listening to Skinner and, and, and riding around, um, you know, in an old beat up Toyota that the roof was missing on, um, (laughs) Probably blew the speakers <laughs> out of it too. Uh, yeah. Jamming a cassette tape, riding around. Yeah, <laughs> I did that with old Metallica cassette tapes in my old Toyota. Yeah. <laughs> old cassette tapes, I love it. All right, man. Well, before we let you go, but before we get you get you to play this one before uh, and see you out, uh, we got to put you on the hot seat real quick, man. So we got kind of a little same concept. It'd be ten quick questions. And first thing that comes to mind uh, during the question. So first vinyl you ever purchased? First vinyl I ever purchased? Yep. Oh, man, I just got a vinyl player a couple years ago. And, you know, I actually, I'm pretty sure it was Kid Rock. Nice. Kid Rock. 
<laughs> but Warner Warner had a thing where they did like a limited pressing a couple like when I was in college I think and I didn't even have a vinyl player and it was like you got like a blue I think cocky was blue and devil without a cause was maybe orange they were like colored vinyl yeah. I was like I should start getting into vinyl at, in college so <laughs> those are the first I think that I like actually bought myself and then bought a little vinyl player I love that dude if you had an endless supply of something what would it be Oh man, um, steak! Oh, I love it. <laughs> Who has the best pizza you ever had on the road or anywhere you ever been? Where's the best pizza? Man, pizza kind of tears me up, so I really don't eat pizza anymore um, for whatever reason. I don't know, but um, I don't know. There was a place in Baton Rouge right by where we grew up called Godfather. Uh, Godfather's. I can't remember, but it was like a little local place. But it was like very seemed very Italian mobby. But um, but it was just like they were cash only. They probably still cash only. I can't 100 percent remember the name of it. I think it was Godfather. It wasn't a chain, but um, it was like squareish kind of pizza. But it, nice. it was really good. Um, nice. So greasy. So what's the strangest thing you've ever seen in the middle of the road? Um, one time when we were driving through Louisiana, um, we saw an alligator on the side of the road. I mean, I kind of grew up down there, so I saw a lot of alligators, but I remember one time we were playing shows and my drummer was Nick was sitting up with there and he goes, there's an alligator. (laughs) (laughs) We had a moment like that. (laughs) Yeah. We have it. We have a picture of that moment. We were, we were in Florida in the Everglades going down and we pulled over and there's a little pond there. I'm like, what's that? Was that that? in Florida or was that in Louisiana? Well, your, your picture was in Louisiana. Louisiana. The other one was in Florida when we first saw it. Oh boy. That was fun. (laughs) What's the worst day job you've ever had? Dude, I've never had a job other than playing music. I love that. Hell yeah, dude. I mean, when I was in high school, I played restaurants. Um, when I was and when I was in college, I, I played I played downtown and I and, and played other bars and things. Um, so yeah, I've I've never had a. I mean, I've never really had a real job. I shoveled <laughs> I shoveled a horse poo poo at my uh, at my grandma's horse farm for a couple summers while I was in uh, middle school, high school. And, um, you know, not really just cause I, we were up there hanging out and they wanted help. And yeah. I my, my dad was like, how'd you like shoveling that horse crap? And I was like, <laughs> hated it. He goes, well, you better freaking learn how to do something decent so you can not have to do that for a living. I was like, duly noted. <laughs> Give me one second. I got to fix our audio. We got audio thing going on. Did I go out? No, 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 no. it's, it's, on, our it's our on, on our end. All right, cool. That should. I should fix it. We had a little bit of an echo. I had to fix. All right. We're doing, all right. What's one thing people buy that you feel is a waste of money? Oh, man. I don't know. I feel like people should just buy whatever makes them happy. I'm like, I, I used to think all kinds of things were a waste of money. And then I'd like start thinking that they're cool. So I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm a terrible judge. of. I, I, I buy dumb stuff all the time. So I can't, I, 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 I feel like I shouldn't judge. I mean, um, I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> What's a chore you don't like doing? Oh man, any chores. I hate chores. I'm, I'm, I have a lot of allergies like to grass and stuff. So pulling weeds, I, uh, hate pulling weeds, um, doing any, any kind of yard maintenance. I, I hate doing. Oh man. What's a song you wish you wrote? 
Oh man, any song that's <laughs> been a number one and made money, but um, <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I mean, "Gone" by Montgomery Gentry is just one of my favorite songs ever, and like two two of my favorite Nashville songwriters, Jeff Steele and Bobby Piero, wrote it, and that's kind of the song that made me really pay attention to the two of them and and go look for all their other songs. Um, but yeah, I, probably something like that. I love that how you mentioned earlier how reading like Jeffrey Steele would pop up and everything else. Cause that was something I used to always do even back in the 90s when I had cassette tapes. I'd look at those liner notes, man, and first read the lyrics. And I want to see who's writing those lyrics. And mm-hmm. it's always cool to see the same name pop up on a lot of like the ones that you really, the songs that you dug. Like, all right, maybe that's a songwriter I have something in common with. <laughs> totally. So I love sure. that. So before we wrap up, and our my last question is you got to play the Opry. You've got to go back home and play some hometown shows. You got to do some really cool stuff what's still on your musical bucket list oh you've had a couple number ones what still do you want to accomplish or do before you call it a day i don't think i'll ever call it a day but <laughs> I, I mean i i want to get my own voice on the radio singing my own songs i mean i, I love writing songs for other people and i'd love yeah. to continue doing that but um you know i you know i joked that I, I i've said in those interviews that i you know just riding around in a van with the, with the guys playing music i i love getting to do that but um now I'm thinking doing it on a bus would be better. So, um, so I, you know, gotta at least just keep building that fan base. If I, if I ever get to a point where we can afford to be on a bus, um, man, I'll really feel like I've made it then. Um, yeah. but you know, get, get, getting to hear my own song, you know, having my own song that I'm singing on the charts, that's, that's kind of the next bucket list thing that, um, that I'm, that I'm trying to work on. So that's, that's the next move. So we'll see. Well, man, Very cool. I, I love it. I really appreciate you spending some time with us tonight. Do you think we can get you to play us one before we let you go for the night? Of course. All right. Yes. Well, indeed. I know. I know we had some girls down, but if you want to play play any other song, man, you, the, the stage is yours. You can play anything you want, man. So if you want to switch it up, cool. <laughs> um, you know, can always play up down. Um, my first cut, Blue Bandana, is one of my favorite ones to get to play. Well, we um, talked about what about Watered Down Whiskey? You think you could do that one? Yeah, of course. Let's do that one because we we someone mentioned it in the chat and we talked about that a little bit earlier. Let's let's do that one. Let's do one one that maybe some people haven't heard out there yet, just yet or something. Grab a guitar pick. All right, man. All right, well, we'll give you the stage, man. All right, here's Watered Down Whiskey. Gas in this glass seems to marrow it too fast these nights. Yeah, the buzz never lasts, and I'm still chasing what I had but can't find. Cause you know when it's good, you know when it's cheap. But I take what I can get when I can't get what I need. Tired of loving you as I drink in the good stuff. And when you've had the best, the rest ain't strong enough. Try to move on, but every last call is me. 
everything but you is watered down whiskey. Yeah, it every spot in town. Shut all the bars down and if I'm lucky. I get lost in her perfume. Even though she ain't you, it's something. When the morning light comes, she'll take me back to my truck. And I think to myself, how oh, long can I keep this up? Darling, loving you is like drinking the stuff. And when you've had the best, rest ain't strong enough to try to move on. But every last call hits me. Everything but you is watered down and whiskey. Cause you know when it's good, you know when it's cheap. But I'll take what I can get when I can't get what I need. Darling, loving you is like drinking. When you've had the best, the rest ain't strong enough to try to move on. But every last calling is me. Everything but you is watered down whiskey. Dude. I'm glad we called that audible because ah, that was a <laughs> that was damn good. That was awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I no. love that one. Yeah, that's one of my favorites too, man. So I'm glad we got that one. And CJ, thank you so much for spending the last hour or so of your time with us, man. We had a blast talking with you tonight, mm-hmm. and we're just very excited that you spent some time I with us. Appreciate y'all having me. It's been fun hanging with y'all as well. Yeah. I'm so, glad we got to hang in person. Yes. <laughs> we. Uh, I, a month or two back, so that, that, that was fun. I'm glad. Thank y'all for coming. And out. she won her year supply of seafood. My that year night. supply of seafood. <laughs> that was amazing. We haven't yeah. been back yet. We no. we gotta get back soon though. Yeah, I mean you, you got plenty. You got plenty of free seafood. So yep. We love that. Well, if you can try to get back up to Chicago next year, man, definitely hit us up, and we'll be out there for sure, man. We'll, be we'll take you out for seafood. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be fun. Yeah, I'm hoping uh, my publisher, um, I think I told y'all, but my, my publisher uh, is from Chicago. So nice. um, I know that, you know, they have some connects and and, and I'm, I'm sure y'all do too. But hopefully I haven't really, other than that, I haven't played up in Chicago in years. So, and I, and I love going up there. So hopefully get something. Tell know. them to look into Carol's Pub because I think that'd be a perfect a spot play. for you to yeah. come up and play, dude. Very cool. It's in the it's in the Joe's the Joe's on Weed Street family. So okay. it's a da- it's a damn good place to play though. But if you can get in there, man, yes, that would be sweet. I'll, I'll have uh, I'll have my people check it. Uh, check it <laughs> All right, buddy. Well, you have a great night, man. I uh, hope you had a great holiday as well. And mm-hmm. dude, we cannot wait to see you next year, and can't wait to see what you do. 
So Well, I appreciate y'all having me and I hope y'all have a great rest of your week and uh, hopefully talk to y'all sooner than later. Hell yeah, buddy. Have a good night, man. Thanks. Bye-bye. All right. Thanks, y'all. Take care. That was a fun show. I love that guy. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, he was fun. CJ is amazing. Thank you guys so much for tuning in today. We had a blast. Uh, Just... Man, like I said, CJ just was just awesome. You'll hear that story, and I've never so down to earth. Yeah, I I love that he's clearly naturally gifted for music. Yes. You know, that's what he was it. born it's to all, do. Always what he wanted to do, and mm-hmm. he, he just knew it. And he went and got it. So, but thank you for joining us tonight on episode one forty seven with CJ Solaire. The passion and the drive he has for his music and life speaks volumes. We want to wish CJ nothing but the best and can't wait to see what he accomplishes in 2023 and beyond. Don't forget to catch up on everything you missed from tonight and past episodes over at MelodiesAndMemories.com. And we'll see you next week for another amazing show. We are very excited for next week's show, just like we are every show. But next week we have a very special guest coming in and we cannot wait to talk with this guy. (laughs) So it'll be a fun one. So we'll see you guys next week. The Melodies and Memories Podcast with Jillian and Aaron Shriver. Brought to you by Arlo Revolution. As we close the book on another chapter, remember, music gives a soul to the universe, wings to the mind, flight to the imagination, and life to everything. Next week, Jillian and Aaron connect more melodies and memories with the fans and artists they love. Thank you for being a part of this musical journey, and we will see you next time on the Melodies and Memories Podcast with Jillian and Aaron Schreiber.